Welcome to the Family Bible Journey. Whether you're a first-time listener, one of our regulars, or one of those who has committed to journaling with us through the Bible, thank you so much for listening and making us a part of your day. This is Episode 1, Season 1 of the Family Bible Journey New Testament Podcast. Today we're looking at Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 to 17. The title of today's podcast is Despised Yet Exalted. Since this is our very first New Testament podcast, a couple of things to help you keep in mind as our listeners, especially for those of you who are committed to listening through the Bible or journaling through the Bible with us. We are doing the Old Testament. We're planning in two years, that six podcasts a day for two years to get through the Old Testament. We're going to do three New Testament podcasts a week for two years. So that would allow somebody, once we are completed with our Old Testament and New Testament podcast together, Lord willing, and with his blessing, that somebody could listen to an episode a day, six days a week for three years and work their way entirely through the Bible, whether they're just listening to the podcast, reading the Bible for the first time, or journaling with us through the Bible. Since we're spending an entire year in the New Testament, what that means is that many of the chapters in the Gospels are going to be split. There will be no podcasts where we're covering more than one chapter at a time. Every chapter in the New Testament gets its own podcast, sometimes two, maybe even three, depending on how long of a chapter it is. In the Old Testament, we had to combine some chapters in order to get them all in in two years. Here, we're able to spread them out a little bit more. The focus of our Old Testament podcast is the promises and the prophecies and the types of Christ that were going to be fulfilled when Jesus was born. We talk about God being faithful despite the unfaithfulness of his people. And here in the New Testament, we're going to focus on how these Old Testament promises and prophecies and types were fulfilled by Jesus. And Matthew's gospel is the first gospel in the New Testament. And it is distinct in a couple of ways. Number one, it is a Hebrew gospel. It really focuses on those fulfillments of prophecies as we're going to see even here in the opening chapters of Matthew's gospel. Matthew is writing as a Hebrew person to other people of the Hebrew or Jewish faith. And so it is going to be really important for him to point out throughout the scriptures how it is that Jesus fulfilled these Old Testament promises, prophecies, and types. And we see this very clearly in the first chapter of his gospel because he is focusing on the family line of Jesus. And as he does, he traces the family line of Jesus all the way to the patriarch Abraham through his earthly and legal father, Joseph. You see, God had given promises to Adam and Eve and then to Noah and his family that were handed down to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as the patriarchs. And then to David, as God promised to send a savior who would redeem humanity from the fall into sin. It is important, therefore, to connect Jesus' family line through his father to David and the patriarchs to whom and through whom these promises and these prophecies are going to be tied and who are they going to be through whom they are going to be fulfilled. And because Jesus is the legal son of Joseph, he is the legal heir, heir to the throne of his father David. He is also the heir to all the promises that God had made to Abraham. God had promised Abraham on multiple occasions that he was going to be the father of nations and that through his offspring, all the families of the earth were going to be blessed. And this offspring, as we note in the Old Testament podcast, was always singular. It wasn't plural. And I believe that's because it ties us right back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, where God promised Eve that a woman would bear a son that would crush her enemies of sin, Satan, and death, and who in that process would himself be wounded, but would not be destroyed. And here, now that we're at the beginning of Matthew, we get to see how it is that God is going to fulfill that promise in Jesus. And I talk about Matthew being a very human and being a very Hebrew telling of the story of Jesus. 
And we see that even here in the opening verses when it comes to the genealogy of our Lord. We talk about a real God loving real people with real blessings, real curses, real problems, and real opportunities to grow in his love. And in this genealogy, we see five particular and noteworthy examples of God working and loving and using the opportunities that faced his people to show his love for them and to grow in his love. And the five people that we are going to mention do not include the names of Abraham or Isaac or Jacob or even David, but rather it is the five women who are noted in the genealogy here of Jesus. And the five women who are included in the genealogy include Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, the wife of Uriah the Hittite, she who shall not be named, and also Mary, the mother of Jesus. All five of these women were in different ways outsiders. All five of these women were in different ways despised. And I love the fact that Matthew includes them in this genealogy because it gives us as God's people great hope and encouragement when we are the ones who are cast outside, when we are the ones who are despised, whether we've been put outside or despised by others, or if it's just something that we feel inside of ourselves. It is good for us to know that God uses the outcast, God uses the outsider, God uses the despised and lifts them up. He exalts them and uses them to accomplish his purpose even as he accomplishes his purpose for them. There is a great blessing and a wonderful lesson in this story. And so let's take a look at each of the five women who are listed in the genealogy. We'll begin with Tamar. Tamar was actually the daughter-in-law of Judah And Judah, after giving his first two sons in marriage to Tamar, decided that after they both died untimely deaths, that he didn't want to give his third son to Tamar. And so he rejected her. He did not honor the commitment that he had made to her as his daughter-in-law to care for her, even though his sons died untimely deaths. And so he kind of cast her out. He sent her back home. This was basically a death sentence to a woman at that point in time because she did not have the legal ability to get remarried herself. And there'd be no one left, no descendants to take care of her in her old age. And Tamar ends up seducing Judah long story. Rahab, on the other hand, was a prostitute. Not only was she a prostitute, she was a prostitute in Jericho. And she was the one who hid the spies and was rescued by the spies, her and her family. And yet she becomes a member of the family line of King David and ultimately Lord Jesus, even though she was a prostitute, a woman of ill repute. And this gives those of us who maybe have an occupation or have had an occupation or maybe have been tangled up in pursuits that were less than God-pleasing and maybe even immoral, that God can rescue and redeem us and that he can use us despite our dirty pasts because of his wonderful ability to redeem and to save. And then we have Ruth, who was a Moabitess. She was the wife of Boaz. She was a widow also. She was someone who represented a people group that were arch enemies of Israel and they were constantly at each other's throats. And so Ruth represents for us a faithful woman who was not of the right ethnicity. It is too bad that racial and ethnic tensions and cultural tensions divide people the way that they do. But Ruth is evidence that God can overcome these things and use people, even the wrong sorts of people, according to the opinions of others, to accomplish his purposes. And then we have she who shall not be named, that is 
the wife of Uriah the Hittite. This harkens to the darkest chapter in King David's life and the fact that Solomon's mother was a woman who David had, even though he had many, many, many wives, he took the wife of another, having her husband murdered to try to cover up his sin. And even that dark chapter of David's life was redeemed by God, who used that union to produce Solomon, who became, in many ways, the greatest king of Israel and the wisest man who ever lived. Now, don't get me wrong here. This in no way condones the evil behavior of King David or the wife of Uriah the Hittite in that episode, but it does show that God's purposes will prevail and that he can redeem even our darkest desires and most sinful thoughts, not because they are good, but because he is good and he is a God who loves to save. And then finally, we have Mary, the mother of Jesus, who was a woman who was found to be pregnant when she was betrothed, not yet married to her husband, Joseph. And we're going to talk in much more detail about the circumstances of their betrothal and the pregnancy that was Jesus in the next podcast. But let us say that Mary represents for all of us those who are looked down upon because of their social situation or something that others would deem unsavory. There are still people to this day who would like to suggest that Jesus was the bastard son, who was, according to their opinion, because she was either consorting with the Roman soldiers or was otherwise a loose woman, and her son was therefore the fruit of an illicit relationship and an illicit affair. Mary represents in this genealogy all of us who are looked down upon because of the situations of our life that others are going to judge us for and condemn us for, whether it is right or whether it is wrong. God is there for those who are cast off. God is there for those who are despised. Each of these women proved to be faithful. Each of these women was a tremendous blessing. Each of these women is listed intentionally by Matthew in the genealogy of Jesus because they are a blessing. And they're a blessing to us because each of their stories tells us in different ways that God is able to use the people that others doubt or deny and circumstances that are less than ideal to show them and to show us his love. These women are lifted up by Matthew in this gospel because God used them to lift all of us up in Christ Jesus. And it is that hope of redemption. It is that hope of love and forgiveness that we celebrate during the Christmas season when we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And so as you reflect in this, our first New Testament episode on the blessings of each of these women and the difficulties that they endured so that God could show us the depth of his redeeming love in his son Jesus, I pray that as you reflect on your own life, consider your own past, the things that maybe haunt you, the things that are holding you back, that you would find in each of these women a reason to thank God and praise God for his goodness, his love, and his mercy, because it is for you and it is found in you by the gift of life and forgiveness that he has given you in his son, Christ Jesus. Have you decided to journal through the Bible, whether for yourself or a loved one? Please let us know through the contact form at familybiblejourney.com so that we can send you some encouragement and add you to our list of folks who have committed to journaling through the Bible with us. We are going to conclude each of our New Testament podcasts as we conclude each of our Old Testament podcasts with a blessing, a blessing for you. God made you who you are to use you for his purposes. Amen. Amen.